0: And now the fine print with Attorney Jen Rout.
1: Hi, and welcome to the fine print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Jen Rout, and with me, as always, is my steadfast sidekick.
0: Steadfast, ben. I like that.
1: Ben Needenthal.
0: Hi, everybody. How's it going? <laughs>
1: How's your day going here?
0: Oh, not too bad. It's early in the day yet, so you know, plenty of time for things to go off the rails.
1: Very true. And today we're gonna to talk about what happens when things go off the rails in a oh. marriage. So oh. to prenup or not to prenup.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so we're we're getting dark this one.
1: Well, not really. Um, prenuptial agreements, also known as antinuptial agreements, are agreements before marriage. Okay. Pre or anti means before. Okay. You know, we like to throw in those big Latin words in there. <laughs> um,
0: you lawyers and your Latin.
1: I know. But there's a lot of reasons to have a prenuptial agreement. Um, your Most of your younger marriages, you know, you just graduate college and you're all happy and in love and you're getting married and going to build a life. You probably don't need them prenuptial agreement. Right. You don't have anything to fight over yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the IKEA furniture is, is pretty low low dollar the, uh, value. Yeah, low dollar value.
1: However, the older we get before marriage, the more assets we have. And especially if it is a second marriage, which is much more common today, you may have children from your prior marriage. Or and I see this a lot with older adults, so, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s getting married after a spouse died well they have adult children that they have built a whole life with their prior spouse and they don't necessarily want everything to just go to their new spouse because mom or dad wouldn't have wanted that for the kids sure so that is the best time to really think through a prenuptial agreement
0: or if you are a celebrity worth billions of dollars uh, and, you know, let's say you, you get one of those tabloid marriages and, and things don't work out and everybody's all shocked and surprised and then all of a sudden your significant other takes half your shit.
1: Absolutely. Other times that this makes sense is when you are part of a family business.
0: Ah, that would uh, make sense, yeah.
1: Or a partner in a business um, that you have already built up because all of a sudden... Your wife or your husband, as soon as you marry, would have some sort of interest there. Yeah. And let's not wreck shop for the business. So there are reasons to do one, even when you are younger, if you have some substantial assets or you have built a business that could become substantial and it affects other people. Okay. So those are some times you would want a prenuptial agreement. But knowing that, there's, you know, a few things to keep in mind. So, first, the, you have to have this sign before the marriage. You, you would think that'd be obvious, but um, I, get a, I get a lot of, uh, hey, we got married last week, but we had kind of agreed to this. All right, that starts to get complicated. It's like now,
0: insurance after an accident, you know? Right.
1: Now... There is a way to work around that. So you have a prenuptial agreement, um, but you can also do a memorandum of a verbal agreement. So you can do basically the prenuptial agreement after the marriage if you had already agreed to everything beforehand. Okay. Then it's a memorandum of prenuptial agreement.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Here's the thing, though. A prenuptial agreement is a contract. That's what it all boils down to. It's an agreement between you and your future spouse, and that's fine. But just like any contract, there are ways to break the contract. So you have to be careful about when and how and what goes into the prenuptial agreement. So first things first, you wanna sign the prenuptial agreement earlier (laughs) rather than later. Don't be signing the prenuptial agreement the night before your wedding if you can help it.
0: Okay. Reason yeah.
1: reason being, your mind is focused on something else, and so is your spouse's mind. So if one of you should disagree later, you can come back and say, well, he threw this on me at the eve of our wedding, and I was focused on this. I didn't really read it. I didn't have a full understanding. And in order to have a contract, you have to have a meeting of the minds. (laughs) Well, if someone's putting this uh, prenuptial agreement in front of you at the rehearsal dinner, yeah.
0: (laughs) This isn't like iTunes uh, terms of service or anything like that. This is like, this is important shit. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And you can get prenuptial agreements online. I would caution against that. (laughs) reason being uh, and they're fine
0: I'm I'm sensing a theme here (laughs) right (laughs)
1: yeah in general talk to an attorney don't
0: don't go online
1: (laughs) right reason being a lot of the agreements online are very good templates but they don't have your individual situation in mind Hmm. and if you fail to disclose something that is important the contract can be broken. Okay. Um, So when in doubt, disclose. The big things you have to disclose is all of your assets, all of your income, all of your liabilities. And both sides need to do that. And really both should sign an affidavit that says, here's everything I have. Period. Assets, income, real estate. And list it with particularity with the fair market value. IRAs. Uh, Roths 401ks all of those are assets life insurance can be considered an asset we need to make sure we disclose all of that likewise we need to disclose all the liabilities I have $300,000 in student loans it's important to disclose that and explain in your prenup that's not going to become your spouse's debt right Um, So those are the type of things you are disclosing. When in doubt, disclose. If not, the other spouse could come back, you know, if things happen to go south, um, and say, well, they didn't tell me about this asset. Well, that then is fraud in the inducement, because Uh. you did not share an asset that could have materially affected the decision to either marry you, or to sign the agreement
0: and that nullifies the contract at that point it
1: it doesn't necessarily nullify it but it's an argument to void the contract or make it voidable
0: okay all right um
1: so those are some of the ways that a prenuptial agreement can be broken now the other thing is you really should both have an attorney one attorney cannot represent both parties there, we are all governed by the Supreme Courts of our various states. In Ohio, obviously the Supreme Court of Ohio, and we have the Rules of Professional Conduct. It
0: would be weird if it was like the Supreme Court of Vermont or something True. like that. That would be very, in, yeah. uh, in Ohio anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but, you know, we have rules that say we can not represent two people who have adverse interests. Okay. So even though you both want to sign this agreement and you both want to get married and we are all happy, you don't have the same interests. Right. Because you each have assets and liabilities. Um, And sharing those liabilities are equally important because maybe you have a million dollars in gambling debt. (laughs) I may not want to marry you because you've been hiding this from me (laughs) for a year.
0: That's also, a big one. <laughs> that could be a huge problem down the road.
1: Right. Um, and in, frankly, it's it's by going through the steps to make a prenuptial agreement, you are having all of those financial discussions you should have before you get married anyways. So you're heading off that isu- some of those issues. Um, you know, she likes to shop and has $30,000 in credit card debt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That may change your point of view on how we are going to manage at finances moving forward as a married couple.
0: Right, right.
1: Because unfortunately, today there is a business to the marriage. You know, you're yeah. building credit together. Yeah. you're. It's yeah. like a business in many ways. Yeah,
0: there's a lot more to marriage than just love.
1: Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Um, And as the romantic in me does not want to say that, it's true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The pragmatist says, uh, shut up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So both of you draft the agreement. You disclose everything. You both need to have an attorney review it. Now, that is one way to kind of save some money. Um, You can either have each of you have an attorney negotiating on your behalf and working it out, Mm -hmm. or... One attorney can draft it, and then send it to the other attorney for review. Um, generally speaking, if one attorney is just going to review it, they are just going to they're going to charge less mm-hmm. um, versus the negotiation piece. Um, I had one where he was worth millions and was working on a treatment for cancer that could really make him worth millions upon millions sure she was worth a fair amount too but less than him well she was basically giving up her life here in ohio to move to i don't know new york or some other state but she was giving up her huge paying job here well so in that case she didn't want to just give up every right to everything what if you know She gives up everything she has here, moves to New York, finds out he's been cheating and doing whatever else for years and years, goes to divorce him, and then gets nothing, but she's already given up her career and everything here.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: That's a concern. Sure. Because that's a big big change. Yeah. Big sacrifice. So those are the types of situations where an internet contract, not going to get it done. Mm -hmm. You have to really... Work through the wording and make sure everybody's interests are protected.
0: I, I would have a hard time believing that somebody who's worth millions would get an internet contract. But, yes, no, you're absolutely
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> you would be surprised. I had another person come in um, who was worth $1.5 million. And he came in and wanted to spend $300 on a document review. And it was a internet prenuptial agreement oh boy and he had cut a bunch of stuff out of it
0: like oh the important things <laughs> like wait a minute
1: you know <laughs> can't yeah. quite do this no um so this is the biggest relationship of your life and if there's a reason to have a prenuptial agreement invest in a good one yeah don't try to half-ass it yourself
0: yeah
1: um So, other things that are a concern, um, as to whether or not the agreement is enforceable besides just disclosing everything, you really should see each other's tax returns. Um, it's kind of verification of everything else you're saying Mm -hmm. you have. Yeah. But it's just, you know, it's evidence that you've fully reviewed everything. Um... And then the question i often get is when is a prenuptial agreement enforced well obviously in case of divorce
0: <laughs> makes right. sense
1: it's kind of <laughs> the primary the <laughs> purpose um divorce is when you're fighting over things you also have what's called dissolution that's when we pretty much agree on everything we're not really fighting so you rely on it then but another thing that a prenuptial agreement does is eliminate rights to probate assets upon one of the spouse's deaths. And I get a lot of questions about that. Okay. Because what if you want to change what this agreement says later? Well, you can still do that with your estate planning. So you're 35, you both sign a prenuptial agreement um, that pretty much what's hers is hers, what's his is his. But then you build a life together and that one asset the big one that was his only he they've been married for 35 years Mm -hmm. they now he wants that to go to her he can change that in his estate plan so his will his trust those kind of things okay so you can change at death later okay this is really preparing for divorce or dissolution but it is often giving up rights um For instance, in Ohio, the spouse has an election. It's the spousal election to your probate estate. It is a one-third interest in the probate estate. Okay. So this is a way of getting rid of that, but then you can provide in other manners.
0: Okay. All right.
1: All right. So then a lot of the things that um, we get asked is, why do I have to give all of this information? Because it gets pretty detailed it goes yeah. through your average earnings, rental income, dividends and interests, um, annuities, pensions, trust fund funds, uh, all sorts of anything that could count as income or assets right well, what why do they even need to know all that or I don't want them to know I have this secret little account on the side right Why not
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. you are gonna
1: marry this person
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: If you're not wanting to disclose what you have.
0: Yeah.
1: Why? (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And so it's a red flag in certain aspects. Sure. Um, But it's also just important to make sure everybody's on the same page. Yeah. Um, Other things that you should look at. um, Planning ahead. Uh, They also want to look for any recent transfers or gifts. So, you two bought a house. Oh, bought your first house <laughs> before you were married, <laughs> which means it's not a marital asset. Uh. But his dad gave $30,000 to the son to buy the house. Both of you are on it. Does he own more?
0: Mm. That, that was tricky. a gift. Yeah.
1: From a parent. Yeah. What happens there? so those important details of how you have planned your life or maybe she, she he's going to move in with her and her house will become the marital residence but it's only in her name
0: oh okay
1: well does that stay her separate asset or mm. if he's contributing to half the maintenance and mortgage and everything else do they refinance it do they put it in this each of joint names right these are all important issues to discuss. Right. What if he owns other real estate and he needs to sell the real estate after they're married? Hmm. Ohio is a dower state. Any idea what dower is?
0: Dowry, right? Yeah, it's it's like, you know, I'll trade you five cows for my daughter kind of thing.
1: Kind of. Getting close. <laughs> <laughs> um, this actually comes from way Continu- back when. Continuing
0: my tradition of making an ass out of myself. <laughs>
1: Uh, this kind of goes back to uh, British fiefdoms and kingdoms where when the husband died, the widow could not be kicked out of the house. Okay. So she had a dower interest okay. in the house. Okay. So basically it was a way of protecting women who weren't really allowed to work at the time um, from being homeless and destitute because their husbands died. Gotcha. So Ohio is one of just a few states in the country that still has dower. So, the second you marry, your spouse has a dower interest in all of your real estate. Huh. So, if you own 30 pieces of real estate,
0: guess what? (laughs) She gets to live in all of those pieces of real estate.
1: (laughs) And if you sell those pieces of real estate one by one, she has to go to every closing and release her dower interest on the deed.
0: Woof. That seems like they, that, that could get really ugly really quick if it's a nasty divorce.
1: Right, so that's why spelling out every asset and there's always a paragraph that says if one of the spouses goes to sell real estate or not just real estate, there's other items um, where the spouse would have to sign a document releasing their interest, mm-hmm. the spouse agrees to do so. Hmm. It's a very important paragraph in a prenuptial agreement, and it can often get left out. But that's basically saying, yeah, I recognize this is your property. I recognize that state law gives me an interest in it. I'm waiving that interest, but I know later down the road, I will have to sign something Mm -hmm. to release it, and I will do that. That's what you're agreeing to. Okay. All right. So that's important. Um, The other thing is... You can talk about this all you want, but it has to be in writing. It has to be signed. Frankly, it should be notarized. Yeah. <laughs> um, reason being, in Ohio, we have what's called the Statute of Frauds. Hmm. What's the Statute of Frauds, you ask then?
0: What is the Statute of Frauds?
1: <laughs> that is a statute that requires any contract that is going to last longer than one year to be in writing. Okay. So that's why a lease should be in writing.
0: Okay. Anything
1: that's going to take longer than, you know, basically a purchase or a week, you know, something quick and easy should be in writing and signed by both parties. I kind of figured
0: everything should, if it's 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 any kind of an agreement or... It should should be in writing, it seems like. Should be. Yeah. (laughs) Not just anything that's over a year.
1: Right. It's good business to always put everything (laughs) in writing. However, (laughs) lots of people... Do not put things in writing. This we expect your marriage to last more than a year, and if so, we want it in writing. So mm. you have to have it in writing. Has to be all the material terms spelled out. Right. Everything disclosed, signed. Yeah. It should also be signed by each of your attorneys, where it says, "Yes, I am the attorney for the husband, or I am the attorney for the wife." I've reviewed this document revi- uh, with my client she understands everything, I understand everything, we're good with it, sign the agreement. Yeah. Um, that makes it stronger. hmm If this is something you printed off the internet, the two of you signed it, and you're missing material terms, you didn't disclose everything, it's real easy for a domestic court to say, no, <laughs> this doesn't work. We're gotcha. not going to follow it because you didn't do blank, whatever right. blank is. right. Um, so whether that's failing to disclose failing to sign properly not letting your future spouse have an attorney um <laughs> that's a big one you you wouldn't think so but um oftentimes when one has much much more power than the other there will be don't worry i'll take care of you just sign here you don't need an attorney just sign this
0: waiver wow that's Red flag territory, folks. Right. <laughs> for your marriage. <laughs> for your marriage and for your legal future. Yeah. Right. Wow.
1: Right. If somebody
0: asks you, oh, just sign here. Don't worry. I've taken care of it. Bad shit is going to happen.
1: Absolutely. The other big warning sign is the fairness and reasonableness. If it is completely one-sided. Yeah. Not fair whatsoever. Yeah. Completely unreasonable. Yeah. A court's more likely to find that the other party was kind of forced into it.
0: Ah. Well, Which I we, guess that's a good thing. You know, right. that they would find that.
1: Right. Now, if there were two attorneys negotiating and it just happens to be that one person has a lot more and everybody's yeah. okay with it, even if it would appear unfair or unreasonable on its face, once you look at the full circumstances, we can see how we got there. And, yeah everyone's been represented and it was signed two months before the marriage and all you know all of these things great it'll probably be upheld yeah it's there's no bright line test so the more things we build in the timing the clauses the signatures representations (laughs) by attorneys apparently
0: something's on fire
1: (laughs) we have sirens outside (laughs) the window um Full disclosure, all of those things, the more accurate and complete we are, the more likely it is to be upheld. Okay. And when you're fighting at the end of something... Yeah. ...you want it to be upheld. Sure. Similarly, and, and we always think, you know, this is just in divorce, um, but it can also happen if someone dies hmm. and you didn't do your estate planning... And then their children, who didn't like stepmama, um, is n- are not happy about it. And fairy
0: t- fairy tales have told me anything that is that happens one hundred percent of the time.
1: Exactly one
0: hundred percent of the time.
1: Step kids never like the evil stepmother. Always. Um, yep. You know, uh,
0: well, or never. Yeah, no. depending on which angle you're coming <laughs> at it from. Yes.
1: Right. So Fact. It, it could be that someone outside of the two parties to the contract are now arguing about this that's rare but still it can happen so better drafting full disclosure and making sure everything is signed and reviewed well ahead of the actual marriage marriage date is a good idea
0: yeah makes sense
1: and by working through this process you are really going through all the finances and frankly the number one reason for divorce in our country is money problems hmm. and so by it doing doesn't surprise me even the slightest. No, it, it is one of the biggest stressors uh it is the biggest cause for divorce um something to do with money so by disclosing all of this ahead of time you're really building a relationship that is much more likely to last Hmm. because everybody knows everything on the financial side and you're essentially making an informed decision that I'm going to marry this person. I know the the good and the bad of their finances and here's how we're going to deal with it. So, it builds in for success. I mean,
0: essentially, that's what marriage is, is basically it's it's like complete intimate knowledge of this other person that you're choosing to spend the rest of your life with. And if there's secrets or skeletons in the closet that you don't know about, then you probably should either find those out or maybe not marry them, you know?
1: Absolutely. So, yeah. the last thing is you can work through some tax issues in the prenuptial agreement. Um just to make sure that's all cleared. Um, Because taxes can get complicated if you're trying to keep everything separate, but filing jointly would save everybody money. Mm -hmm. Does that mean everything's now joint? Well, you just write the agreement to explain, we can choose to do this to save money. We can choose to file separately, whatever makes sense for us as a unit, but that does not change the character of our assets and liabilities.
0: Okay. Now let's say there's two separate attorneys Mm -hmm. that decide that they're going to get married. Can they write their own prenup agreement or do they need to hire additional attorneys?
1: (laughs) There is an old adage among attorneys. An attorney who represents himself has a fool for a client. Ah. Reason being, you're very close to the situation. Yeah. Having someone else a second set of eyes look it over is a good idea.
0: It's always a good idea.
1: And even though, yes, you are both attorneys, and yes, you both know what you're doing, it's still that test. And yeah. you both have independent counsel.
0: See, you had a good answer for that. I was just making a dumbass joke. And that's, <laughs> that's good. That, that's why you're a professional, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm the sidekick on this. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. <Yes. laughs> so, okay. So, so, prenups are essentially... Uh, because 50% of marriages end in divorce, and that's a statistic, um, this essentially, it just makes it easier to separate the two at the end of the, the game. It's like putting a, a perforation on a piece of paper. It makes it easier to tear it apart versus Absolutely. the nastiness that can ensue during a, a nasty divorce. And I think we've all seen at least one unpleasant divorce go down.
1: Absolutely. And it saves on legal fees, If you're going to fight over everything, you know, she wants his golf clubs and he wants her doll collection and they're fighting over the big stuff as well as the little stuff, you easily spend tens of thousands of dollars. Fuck,
0: that sounds awful. That sounds fucking awful. I can see why people get so bitter and nasty and just really resentful after. That sounds terrible. Right.
1: So... You plan by doing your planning for the worst. It yeah. helps sets a foundation for the best.
0: Right. Yep. Yep. And and maybe don't get married straight out of high school. Right. Yeah. Well. And maybe. Like, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. That might work out okay. I've seen it work out okay plenty of times.
1: I have too. But statistically.
0: <laughs> it's less likely. It's less likely. It's, it's, it's a less safe bet than people who met when they were 30 years old and. You know.
1: Got married at 32, yep. and yes. Yep. Um, statistically, the younger couples tend to divorce at a higher rate than yep. when you are first married in your 30s.
0: Hmm, That's weird. But truthful. Yeah. so <laughs> we're, we're not looking at emotions here. Again, we're removing love from the equation <laughs> of, of marriage in this situation. Right,
1: what's yeah. love got to do with it? Absolutely
0: <laughs> nothing. We're talking about sheer... Uh, just cold hard legal facts at this point
1: right so that's what you need to look for and
0: do ahead of time all right well i guess we are down to our lawyer joke of the week and uh this week we've got a great one um what's the difference between a lawyer and a trampoline you take take your shoes off before jumping on a trampoline (laughs) I like it. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, hey, thank you for joining us on The Fine Print with Attorney Gen Uh I am your... What was the, the term you used?
1: Steadfast.
0: Steadfast sidekick, Ben Needenthal. And, uh please be uh, be sure to find us on iTunes and subscribe uh, rate us and review us on iTunes. that would really help us out uh, and uh, like us on Facebook. follow us on Facebook. Uh, also follow uh, Jen's uh, uh, law firm Route law on Facebook as well and uh, other than that. And yeah. if
1: you have any topics you want addressed, let us know.
0: Yeah, please let us know uh, ask us through Facebook whatever you want to do we will if you want us to talk about those or if you just have general questions that's fine too. Uh, But until next time, we will see you around. This program is meant to be informative in nature and does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.